Complimentary football is a beautiful thing, and we just felt it at the highest level. We got to be ready to package this feeling up, bottle it up. Everything we work for, every guy in here doing everything they can to lean into the guy next to him, and good things are going to happen for this team. FNA, Cotton, FNA. Purdy steps through, floats it, he's picked, and that's it. Bynum gets another. And that's a big one for Kevin O'Connell and his crew. Drew and Ted Drewster, how are you? Oh, we dodged a bullet Monday night, Ted. If you dodge the 49ers, you can dodge the Packers. Unbelievable! Ladies and gentlemen, I have been to the Great Wall of China. I have seen the pyramids of Egypt. I've even witnessed a grown man satisfy a camel. But never in all my years as a sportscaster have I witnessed something as improbable, as impossible as what we witnessed here today. What about that movie being like 20 years old now? Are you okay? Mm. I'm fine. I just uh, threw up in my mouth a little bit. You know, it's weird how time flies, I guess. The older I get, the farther and farther back things are. makes it harder for me to understand. Who's on your shirt, by the way? Oh, it's uh, Van Morrison. Went to a Van Morrison nice! a couple of years ago. Yeah, up in Chicago. I got to play a couple songs with his daughter in Sebastopol, California. Really? At O'Farrell's Nightclub. Nice. Tremendous singer. Nice gal, too. Very nice gal. Did you ever play dodgeball in school? I won a dodgeball tournament in sixth grade at the school. Did you really? Yeah. I was really good at catching the ball, man. Oh, were you? Yeah. Dodgeball was easy for me. I didn't dodge it. I caught it every time. It can get pretty brutal, though. When I was a freshman and sophomore, I lived in East Grand Forks, Minnesota. And in junior high, you had gym and all that stuff. And there was a kid in our class. I'm not going to mention his name. If you are from that time and you remember, you know who I'm talking about. He'd been held back like three or four times. And so we're 14, 13, 14, 15. This dude was like 18. Big dude. He was like 6'2", 6'3". Whenever he was in your gym class, it sucked because when we played dodgeball, when he threw the ball, it whistled. You know that, that red yeah. that red ball? Boing! If you got hit by this dude... You got a concussion, man. I, I got blindsided one time. I, I was looking one direction, and I'm lining up a throw, and I'm getting ready to knock somebody out. And all of a sudden, I hear the whistle, and it's too late. And it, it, if it had been slow-mo, you know, like you see those slow-mo things where like a arrow goes through a balloon. Yeah, if you'd have had that in slow-mo, it'd be one of the funniest videos of all time because that ball probably compressed a half its size as it impacted my face and then ricocheted off. Bending around your face. Oh, God, it was awful. When you heard that in the playground, you know that the ambulance was on the way. That hurt. That thing hurt. It was terrible. Great cast. Ben Stiller and Christine Taylor. We don't want to forget yeah. about her. Vince Vaughn. The great Vince Vaughn is in the movie, too? Yeah, I didn't know that the girl was really married to Ben Stiller. Oh, really? 
She didn't dodge all of his balls because they have two kids. I love you! I love you! Joni loves Chachi! Heyo! Heyo! Great, great movie. Not as great as the Vikings went over the 49ers this past week. You still high about that? I've come down now, and now I'm just, like, tired because I stayed up way too late. Probably drank a little bit too much tonight of the game. And now my body is in the process of getting back to normal. And it's, it takes longer. It takes longer when you're in your 50s, brother. And I got to tell you, it feels phenomenal. Party was on, bro. What yeah. a game. What a finish. And it feels like the Viking season is reborn. Yeah. Yeah, it really does. Well, I'm glad to see you're feeling better. Tunes, are you out there? How are you feeling? You doing, you doing okay there? Are you recovered from the high of the Monday night win over San Francisco? Yes, I am, but doing this movie Dodgeball makes me miss the third grade because you could kill people in Dodgeball. <laughs> Remember yeah. the rules to Dodgeball? Well, the only one is you couldn't throw you couldn't throw intentionally at the head, but like you couldn't tell if you got thrown at the head. Well, and if you got hit, if you caught the ball, the person who threw it was out, right? Yes. And if you got hit, you were out. Yes. Yeah. And if you're fat or had glasses, don't even bother showing up because you all die. You're dead. <laughs> well, you know what was invented, Ted? The opium thing? You're in a Chinese opium den, Timmy. This is where the sport of dodgeball was invented in the 15th century by opium-addicted Chinamen. <laughs> was it in the movie? Okay, it was in the movie, but that's how it was invented. Oh, I thought it was true. Oh, I don't think I'm a lot dumber than you thought that I think that I thought I was once. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> All right, we got a lot to talk about. We've got a couple contests. We're going to mention here in a minute, we've got a little bit of news. We got our Nobody Cares About Your Fantasy Team picks coming up, and we got our big preview against the hated, dastardly team from Wisconsin. Before we do that, let's talk about a couple things. Let's talk about Purple Pain Forms and uh, VikingsReport.com. Purple Pain Forms is our online home for this show. Thanks to the good folks over there. They wanted us to represent them. I'm sure that's going to come to an, a, a screeching halt momentarily. They're going to like, Whoa. We kind of made a mistake with these clowns. But anyways, be that as it may, uh, it's a great community to talk football. If you don't like, you know, social media, Twitter, Facebook, whatever, you want to go over there and talk with some really intelligent folks about what's going on, both good and bad with the Vikings and college football, some off-topic stuff, head on over to Purple Pain Forms. That's purplepainforms.com. And then our little humble corner of the internet is vikingsreport.com. That's where Ruby maintains. Nobody cares about your fantasy team standings. Contest winners, which we'll talk about here in a little bit. We got over there the prize vault. As you know, if you've joined us for our live shows, we give away prizes. We've got contests going on. That's where you can check out the prizes that you could potentially win. So head on over there, thevikingsreport.com, and, and see what you could potentially win. Just got some new products in, too, Ted. We're always adding to it. You and Ruby do such a great job of keeping that updated and cycling fresh stuff through. Speaking of new Vikings things, look what I just got. Look at that. Where'd you get that at? And Toons has got one also with our name on it. The Vikings oh, wow. sent us to us for having such an honest show. Nice. Nice. I, mine must be in the mail. You're a doctor. Your parents don't even love you. You sent me this, too. Oh, yeah? What, what's that? <laughs> <laughs> Minnesota Vikings University. Oh, yeah. 
I think it was a janitor for the Vikings who sent it to me. But okay. But uh, for the ten Hawkinson catches. Yeah. And talking about Kirk Cousins is going to have his best game of the year. So yeah. That qualified me to get a diploma. High school's changed a little bit since I was a kid. Well, congratulations. Only one I've ever got. I'm happy for you. <laughs> Doctor of football. We are. We're in VR, dude. And I will tell you that if you're a Green Bay Packer fan, you're not going to like my research for this one coming up in the preview because the Vikings are matching up well this week, Ted. We will rock you. forward to doing that preview but before we get started ted yeah cooler than you are so why don't you fix this little problem and light this candle he's right dodge that wrench and light this candle yes take care of your balls and resume the countdown all right i'm cooler than you are why don't you fix your little problems and light this candle he's right let's light this candle he surely is light the candle yes resume the countdown All right, we are off and running. Look, last week I was bragging, maybe overboard a little bit, perhaps, about finally dethroning Ruby for the weekly Nobody Cares About Your Fantasy team. She had had enough of that nonsense, and after the attempted coup failed, she reclaimed her throne last week. It is not a coup. It does sound like a coup, but it is not a coup. Whoever picked Ruby got three points. If you picked uh, me, I think I finished second last week, didn't I, Drew, or did you finish second? I finished second. I've had six second place finishes. Wow. So, I mean, I may not be Toons' quality, but I'm at least racking in some points. I got second, you got third. I got second because Kittle. And so if you picked Drew's team last week, you got two points. If you picked my team, uh, you only got one, and now you have been exiled to fantasy basketball land. got to win. You stopped the Toonsis train for one week. That's I haven't true. done that. I haven't been yeah, able to do that. We've got our second Defend the North contest coming up. This week? This week, yeah. Our first one was when the Vikings played the Bears a couple weeks ago. Shane Lind and Dan Lee were our winners. We've got this cool t-shirt that Ruby's going to put up on the screen. And look, the contest rules are very simple. All you have to do is pick two things. One, who you think is going to win the game. And two, what the total point score of both teams for the game will be. To be eligible to win, you have to pick the right team. So if you pick the wrong team and nail the points, but somebody picks the right team and is closest in points, they're the winner. You have to pick the winning team, and then you have to be closest in the total points between the Packers and the, the Vikings. And it's not like the price is right. If you go over, it's fine. If you're under, it's fine. It's just whoever is closest to that score will win as long as you pick the winning team. I think you came up with this game, Ted. I think it's great. Yeah, well, you know, blind squirrel finds nut. Film at 10. Every once in a while, man, you, you really come through. Well, you know, that's a bold strategy, Cotton. Let's see if it pays off for him. It's a bold strategy, Cotton. Let's see if it pays off for him. <laughs> what about Bateman in that movie? <laughs> Turning average Joes into the proverbial pumpkin. I sure do like pumpkins, Cotton. Looks like it's going to be a two-on-one, a menage a trois of pain. Usually you pay double for that kind of action, Cotton. Speaking of which, we're in negotiations with ESPN to air on the Ocho. We That's might right. get a show on the Ocho here soon. ESPN I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So those are our two contests for our Nobody Cares About Your Fantasy team. You'll see our picture in a little bit right after the news. Speaking of news, I'll tell you what, 
Brother, this time last week, we were in a very different place with regards to the Vikings before the 49ers game. You know, they were, what, 2-4? and four? Not a lot of people thought you did. Not a lot of people thought they would beat the 49ers. That would put them at 2-5. and five. And then the, there was talk of, you know, is, is there going to be a fire sale? Or what are the Vikings going to do? And then they go ahead and they flip the script and beat the 49ers. So I think it's safe to say the reports of the Vikings' death and fire sale are greatly exaggerated. Till next week. I'm not dead yet! I'm not dead! What? Nothing is, you know, I put... I'm not dead! <laughs> the NFL is such a week-to-week league, man. Like, one week you just think, well, just sell everybody and get a top-five pick and go with the rebuild, and then you beat a good team like the 49ers, it completely changes your outlook. You know this, the Niners didn't give us that game. The Vikings won that game. Yes, they I mean, did. They had a couple turnovers. We also had a turnover. But if you look at the game play-by-play, play, the Vikings beat them, man. It wasn't just a lucky win. The Vikings held the 49ers to, what, 60 yards rushing? 65 yards and 22 carries. 65 yards rushing. They did not allow one of the best defensive lines in the NFL to touch Kirk Cousins. I still haven't heard Nick Moses' name called. Hold on. I got a little clip for you from last week's big board. I hope you shank every kick. Yeah, and I hope. Christian Derrissaw just turns Nick Bosa in his bitch all night. The Vikings, like you said, beat the San Francisco 49ers. They went toe-to-toe with them for 60 minutes, and not only beat them, they did not beat themselves. If you go back to that 0-3 start, they pretty much self-sabotaged three games that they could have won. Sure, They won their two games, Carolina and the Bears, because they are just terrible football teams this year. And had they played better teams like Philadelphia or Kansas City, or San Francisco, they wouldn't have won those games. I think them playing a complete football game, playing up to their capabilities, tells you, at least in my opinion, that they can play with anybody in this league. I think so. And I think the defense is for real. You mentioned it on the live postgame show about, I mean, you were going on about how Flores is, is, you know, the defense has come together a lot quicker. Chris Gates mentioned it too. The defense is gelling really fast, and they're getting better by the week, like the offensive line. The offensive line's getting better right at the right time. So mm-hmm. they played right to the wire with all those teams, Ted. Yeah, they did. And you know what the, the big key to their turnaround is? What's that, Ted? The song Higher by Creed. <laughs> Creed's a band. Now, 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 hear me out. Hear me out. They play this as kind of a morale thing. It's like a, a rallying, and, and like everybody like buys into it. The, the whole team is like, okay, cool, it's dorky, it's fun, whatever. They're playing it, and now they're going on a streak. And everybody's, everybody's poo-pooing, well, it's Creed, and it's, it Creed sucks, and blah. Okay, fine, whatever. I want to go back to 2018 and 2019. The St. Louis Blues in that season, the 2018-2019 NHL season, at the end of December, beginning of January, the St. Louis Blues were last in their division, if not the entire Western Conference. They had a game in Philly, and they went to some corner dive bar, and there was like a semi-pro hockey team in there, and they all recognized the Blues, and they were giving them a hard time or whatever. But they got along. They were having beers and having a good time, and one of the club hockey guys said, hey, play Gloria, and the whole bar went nuts, and the Blues thought, man, this is great. And so they, the next night they played Philly, and they beat them, and somebody in the locker room said, hey, play Gloria. And, like, it just sort of caught on. And the Blues went from worst to first, and they won their first ever Stanley Cup. It was a magical run, and that song, Gloria, was a huge part of it. They were selling shirts here in St. Louis when Gloria met Stanley. You know, I mean, it's just wild. It was just absolutely crazy. 
And I'm telling you, stuff like that matters. On the stat sheet, it doesn't matter. You're not going to find a nerd number for it. But stuff that builds locker room camaraderie like that matters. I'm a full believer in that stuff, Ted. Do you ever play sports in high school and stuff? Do you ever have music you listen to to kind of get you psyched up? Like, did you ever listen to music before you went out and did a show to kind of get you ready to go play? Yeah, we all had that. We all had that. Every day before I started, when I went to school, started my school day, I would play The Rover by Led Zeppelin. Every really? day, my entire high school career. I was a big Barry Manilow fan. Well, I can't follow you there, Ted. I don't... But The Rover by Led Zeppelin was my song. We all had that that kind of thing, like walk-up music. Yeah. What was your song in high school? Probably Born to Run, Thunder Road, yeah. You were Born to be Wild. Okay, sure. The scariest part of that song is when they find a head out on the highway. <laughs> <laughs> all right, one last thing. So you and I both said preseason, all that, the first part of the Viking schedule is pretty tough. If they could get to four and four, at about the halfway point, the schedule lightens up and they could go on a run, but they almost have to be at four and four. Now they're on the verge of doing it the hard way. You know, I kind of saw losses to Kansas City, Philly, the 49ers, and, and probably maybe the Chargers. I don't know. But they're on the verge of four and four. And the next six games after this are all very winnable games. They're at Green Bay. They're at Atlanta. They got the Saints at home. They're on the road at Denver. And then they got Chicago at home. And then they're at Las Vegas. The only team in that stretch that has a winning record right now is Atlanta, and they're four and three. That schedule, Ted, is riding right along with it. Seems like the Vikings are reborn. If they play like they did against to the Niners, they're going to beat all those teams. I think so too. So this is working right in conjunction with the schedule. Is how they're improving on their play. It's all working together. It's a Gloria moment. We said at the. End of the Bears game. Look, a win is a win, but it was kind of an unsatisfying win. They need to win, and they need to do it in a kind of a convincing manner. And who better than to prove it against the San Francisco 49ers? And they did just that. And I think it sort of flipped the script on the narrative for the Vikings. Nobody's talking about them being sellers anymore. Nobody's talking about them trading Kirk Cousins, for God's sakes. They're not talking about trading Justin Jefferson or Christian Derrissaw or Daniil Hunter or firing Kevin O'Connell. I'm glad they won. If for nothing else, that garbage stopped for at least a week. This is it. La loser. The one thing we should cover in the news, though, Ted, that play that pushed the quarterback, the Vikings do not need to be doing that play anymore. That thing from the beginning, you know what that thing looked like? From the beginning of the snap. It looked like, you ever see that thing, the, the show with the Red Bull? People build the planes and they go down that pier. You know, they'll crash in the water. Long tube one there, there's a plane with eight wings and masking tape. But they always just topple and fall. In. That's what it looked like from the opening snap of that play. It did. The push wasn't right. It looked like a Red Bull jalopy fest. That's it what it was. looked like to me. It was not run with the precision that Jalen Hurts and the Philadelphia Eagles run it with. That's for sure. Don't even try it anymore. No. That was the ugliest play I've seen the Vikings do in a long time. It was bad. Yeah. And at least, if nothing else, at least they didn't turn the ball over. All right. So, look, the next six games, you go, what, five and one, four and two? The Vikings are right in it. We talked about this on the live show this past weekend, how the rest of the weekend worked out very well for the Vikings with Detroit losing. 
they're still playing from behind. They still got to catch Detroit, but they played them two of the last three games at the end of the year. So the Vikings have a great chance to put themselves in position to catch Detroit at the end of the year if they can at least keep pace with Detroit from this point forward. And that's how weird the NFL is, Ted. That Detroit game, they got their tits licked. They got run off the field by the Ravens. Yeah, they did. And you wouldn't see Detroit that happening the way they've been playing. But that's the weirdness of football, man. And I think we're going to have some teams looking over their shoulder at us league-wide because we woke everybody up with that Niner win. Now we need to carry through and say this is this is our Viking team. And all those people that I'm done with the Vikings, they're back on board. Shocker. Big shocker. <laughs> Didn't see that one coming. Trying to get back into the stadium to see the Greg Lewis catch. Speaking of which, one yeah. last thing before we go to our oh, nobody cares about your fantasy team preview. Okay. One of the things that really bugged me these last few weeks was people trying to downplay the trade and then extension of TJ Hawkinson. He dropped like three or four passes, and they're like, well, what a waste. I can't yeah. believe they re-signed this guy or extended him. What a bum. What a terrible trade. Right now, I'm going to have Ruby put this up on the screen. It's called a TJ Hawkinson apology form. Every single one of you, you're going to print this out. You know who you are. You're going to freeze the screen. You're going to print it out, or you're going to find it on the Internet. Heck, I'll even ask Ruby to put it up on our VikingsReport.com. And you're going to fill out that form, and you're going to apologize to TJ Hawkinson because that dude was money, and he's still an elite tight end, and he never wasn't an elite tight end. And just shut up about Hawkinson being a bum. That's right. Anyways, sign your form, scan it, and send it to Vikings Report with Drew and Ted at gmail.com. I don't got to fill it out. Me either. I didn't have to fill one out. So, anyways. All right, so that's it for news. So, like we said, Ruby was back in the winner circle last week for Nobody Cares About Your Fantasy Team. I think this week I have the team that's going to beat her. That's great. Go ahead. Make your jokes, Mr. Jokey. Joke maker. So if you would, Ruby, hit it! Mr. and Mrs. America and all the ships at sea. This is Robert W. Fonsworth reporting, and we are live at Lambeau Field in historic Green Bay, Wisconsin, where the rejuvenated Minnesota Vikings are about to take the Green Bay and Western Railroad to this pasteurized cow town to face Matt LaFleur. Jordan, I couldn't hit water if I fell out of a boat. Love! And the dastardly Green Bay Packers. Now that the Minnesota mojo is back, will it continue? Or will they kick the Packers back into the 1970s? We'll find out. Guy's an idiot, man. All right, so yeah, so the Minnesota Vikings 3-4 and four, take on the struggling 2-4 and four Green Bay Packers in Lambeau. These last three games really haven't been close. The two of them have been blowouts by Green Bay, Drew. It's always interesting when we get these divisional games, Ted. Yeah. But the Vikings are probably match up better than this game this year with the Packers than they have in the last 10 years. I mean, as far as my research goes, and I I go pretty balls deep on my research, Ted, and uh, 
I do. I, I put in a lot of effort. I, I like to satisfy. But the Vikings, they are going to dominate. They match up well. It's better than they have when Rodgers was there and all that stuff. And so I think they're going to roll them. Well, let's get into it. As usual, Ruby will go ahead and put up our big board preview in honor of the old NFL Today pregame show that Drew and I were huge fans of. Every week, we start out with a category of quarterback. We work our way through the list all until we get all the way down to intangibles. Kirk Cousins versus Jordan Love. Look, I'm sorry, Jordan Love sucks. And that's my analysis of him. He has the most inaccurate deep ball in the NFL, I think. Stormtroopers have better accuracy than he does. I'm picking Kirk Cousins. Well said. Wrapped it up very quickly. <laughs> I'm about, about in the same time frame. I'll go 15 seconds to say Cousins is clearly the best quarterback in this game. I've watched the last two team from Wisconsin games, and Jordan Love doesn't look comfortable. He doesn't look confident. He doesn't look happy to be out there. He seems to be struggling a lot, and his coach is mad at him all the time. There's no comparison here, Ted. He's got 1,263 yards passing, a completion percentage of 57.5%, 10 touchdowns, and 7 interceptions. And I will tell you, those are great statistics if this was 1974. <laughs> and he was throwing passes to Paul Kaufman? Yeah. Right <laughs> yeah. And Lynn Dickey? Yeah. No, and you look at the uh, Vikings. What is Cousins is about... 68, 69%, isn't he? Yeah, he's, he's right up there. He's got what, 16 touchdowns, only five picks on the year. Finally, finally, after all these years, the Minnesota Vikings have a better quarterback situation than the Green Bay Packers. So, running game. Drew, tell me about the running game. Running game? I'm happy with this Viking thing. Something's going on. Something's percolating. They're getting more touches from Akers last week. I think they're finally figuring out they can't just keep running Madison into the middle. Never know with Aaron Jones, injury prone guy. Dylan's a decent back, but I'm still going to give the running game to the Vikings because their offensive line is better. Vikings get my check mark on that, Ted. You want a spicy hot take? I do want a spicy hot take. The Minnesota Vikings will run for 150 yards this week. That is spicy. <laughs> Carolina Reaper hot take. The Packers suck at defending the run, they're 30th in the NFL at defending the run. The Vikings running game is starting to get figured out. I think they kind of went away from it on Monday against the 49ers. The first five carries, I think they had 40 yards, and then the rest of the night they only had 40 yards rushing. They were making money running the ball the first quarter, quarter and a half against the 49ers. And the Packers, they're not the defense that they have been in recent seasons that we're used to seeing. They've got names, but those names aren't performing at a level that we expect them to. They're more, I would argue, reputation at this point. I, I don't know. And another reason I think that is because you mentioned the Vikings are incorporating Cam Akers into this more, and I'm telling you, both Cam Akers and Alexander Madison are both going to peel off big runs. The receiving game. You know what? Jordan Addison proved that he could play in the National Football League. I, I thought he was a good player before. The big question was, could somebody step up for the Vikings in Justin Jefferson's absence. And Jordan Addison did, and TJ Hawkinson helped fill that void as well. Brandon Powell, again, had a couple of clutch catches down the stretch when the Vikings had to have him. He's he's reminded me of like a, the Jarius Wright. Remember Jarius Wright from a few years ago? He didn't catch a whole lot of passes, but man, when he did, it was in a big moment and was for a first down, and it was at a critical time in the game when, when it happened. 
let's give Powell some credit. And by the way, I was bummed when Jarius Wright went to Carolina. I like yeah, that guy. I did too. He was, he was clutch, like you just said. Very clutch receiver. He's filling a big role in there when he wasn't really thinking he was going to be that guy. Mm-hmm. And like I said in the live postgame show, he plays really confident, good route runner, but he's really tenacious after he gets the ball. Tenacious P. Tenacious P for Powell. Tenacious P. <laughs> Chuck it. Mark it. Mark it. That is a new nickname. Tenacious P. Ted just dubbed it. The Vikings get my check for the receiving. Me too. You know, and real quick for the Green Bay receivers, Romeo Dubs is probably their best guy. Christian Watson, he's hurt. He's only got eight catches on the year. Luke Musgrave is kind of Jordan Love's security blanket because if Jordan Love throws the ball more than 10 yards down the field, it's like Nuclelution, Bull Durham. Nobody knows where it's going to go. Hit the ball. I, I, I don't know. So I think Musgrave is his security blanket, check down stuff. I don't know. There's talent there, but it, it's not on the level of the Vikings. Hands down, the Vikings get this check. All right, O-line, buddy, you talked about him a little bit earlier, but tell me about the offensive lines. Getting good at the right time, Ted. Yep. Dalton Reisner's in there. We're rolling. We're getting better every week. Talk about the PFF thing. Somebody said they're first in run blocking and third in pass blocking. Mm-hmm. I think they have the edge at offensive line. The Packers' offensive line has been injured since 1984. <laughs> every week, they had that one guy that left tackle. It was hurt every other week. Bakhtari. David Bakhtiari, yeah. He's on the IR since 1985. Jenkins has a knee problem. They got Walker. They got Josh Myers. Their kiss of death is going to be right tackle Zach Tom. Zach Tom is going to be blocking Hunter. Pow. So I think the Vikings offensive line is much more healthy, and I think they're more talented. There is only one center in the National Football League that has yet to give up a pressure on his quarterback. You know who that center is? Garrett Bradbury. Garrett Bradbury. And the frozen tundra of U.S. Bank Stadium. We knew the Vikings tackles, Christian Derrissaw and Brian O'Neill, and Christian Derrissaw just punk Nick Bosa. There, there was one play, Derrissaw backed up, and he, you know, he did the, the O-line punch, and he knocked a human being that weighs almost 300 pounds on his butt with, like, he was going backwards, and he pushed him, and Bosa was on his butt, and then Derrissaw went up to him, put his put his hands on his on his chest, and he said, it looked like he said, just just don't, bro, just let the play in, and, and you, you, it's just going to get more embarrassing. It was unbelievable how much he dominated what is one of the best defensive ends in the NFL in Nick Bosa. So that's the offense. What about the defense? What about the front seven, Drew? Tell me about the defensive line and linebackers. Vikings check mark again, Ted. The Vikings run defense is coming alive. Like I said, they, they took a team that was averaging 150 yards. The Niners are probably the best run team in the league, collectively. As a team, they do it. They have the best. The most creative runs, they have a great running back, and the Vikings took a team that averages 150 and held them to 65. No reason to say no more. They're going to control uh, the Packers running backs, hopefully, with that front seven. I don't know how they're doing it with the three-down linemen because they're not star names, but you know they had a better game against San Francisco, Ted. McCaffrey got 45 yards. Sure, he got the receiving touchdown, but running the ball, he got 45 yards. Christian McCaffrey. The Kenny Clark is probably the best interior lineman or one of the best in the league. All you could do is praise the UCLA grad, the guy I wanted the Vikings to draft way back when, and they didn't do it. He is a great player, but look at the rest of the guys. Devontae Wyatt hurt his knee against the Broncos. Quay Walker hurt. 
Devondre Campbell, their great linebacker, he didn't play last week. I'm giving the front seven to the Vikings. They're better. The pack is banged up. And I think that's going to be a big difference in the game. I saw this really interesting quote. I think it was from Josh Metellus. He was being interviewed. I think it was a couple days before the 49ers game. And he said, look, we really don't have a position. Yeah, they give us a position, but we all just line up as player X. Wherever Flores puts us, we play there. And when you think about it, I mean, the Vikings played with three guys that are designated as safeties for most of the game and Bynum, Harrison Smith, and Josh Metellus. And they use Smith and they use Metellus as kind of quasi rover backs or linebackers. You know, the linemen are moving around. They've got Hunter in a stance. He's, he's standing up. Something. I mean, it's got to be confusing if you're an opposing offense. Even if the athletes are just average, and comparatively speaking, the Vikings' defense athletically is just average compared to other defenses in the NFL, like San Francisco's, for example. But if you don't know where a guy's lining up on play to, from play to play, you really don't know what he's doing. And and if he lines up in four or five different spots and does four or five different things, you have no idea how to plan for that. And I think that's part of the Vikings' success right now. All right, what do you got for the secondary, brother? I got the uh, Vikings secondary. And this, Why is that? This was a no-brainer to me because uh, Metellus, Bynum, they're all playing so well. Hitman's playing well. And look at the quarterback they're facing. Vikings are facing a very inaccurate quarterback. Mm-hmm team from Wisconsin has to face Kirk Cousins again and they're banged up still they're missing two starters Savage got hurt in that Broncos game mm-hmm. it was easy for me to give the Vikings secondary the nod here Ted yeah Byron Murphy Jr. I think is probably the weak link for the Vikings secondary but they're asking him to do a lot play both inside and outside Jerry Alexander is probably the best corner that Green Bay has or back defensive back I just like the Vikings matchup here I, I think the Vikings receivers matchup that I would imagine they're going to put uh Alexander probably on on Addison, so that's going to leave it up to Powell and K.J. Osborne to get open, make some plays, T.J. Hawkinson again. I, I think the Vikings are going to make money throwing the ball as well, but I, I think they're going to just absolutely crush Green Bay running the ball. That's just me. But, yeah, definitely I get my check to the Vikings as well. I'm going to give this one to Green Bay. Uh, you know, you look at the Vikings, go back to that 49ers game. They, they were inside. They were first and goal inside the five twice, and they got two field goals. And, look, in some ways they were lucky that they got away with a win. At, at least Kevin O'Connell was smart enough to kick field goals and at least get points. But when you are down there, sometimes, look, you're not going to score. I get it. But, man, to be down there twice, you have got to come away with at least 10 points there, not six. And and the Vikings are almost last in the NFL. They're like 26th on both offense and defense in the red zone. The Packers, when they get in the red zone or let teams into the red zone, they're top 10. Their red zone offense is eighth. Their red zone defense is seventh. So, when you look at what the Vikings did on Monday against a very good 49ers defense in the red zone, you hope that they can figure something out. But right now I'm giving that to Green Bay. You know, the red zone numbers totally point to giving it to the Packers, Ted. I mean, they're eighth and seventh. And then in, in contrast, we're 24th and 26th. Mm-hmm. The numbers scream, you got to give the check mark to the Packers. But I'm going to tell you why I'm going to give it to the Vikings. Okay. And I have a damn good reason. I'm going to read them to you right now. You ready? Let's go. These are the teams the Packers have played to get those red zone numbers. Bears suck. Falcons suck. Saints weak. Lions are good. Raiders suck. Broncos suck. Boom. Roasted. (laughs) Vikings have played the Chiefs, the Eagles, 
the Niners. I mean, look at who they played. The Bears, Falcons, Raiders, and Broncos, and Saints. Those guys suck, Ted. Yeah, that's That's true. why they got the good red zone numbers. That's okay. why the Vikings are going to win the red zone battle. That's why they get my freaking checkmark. They played tougher teams up till now. Boom, roasted. Coaching. Vikings had their best coaching performance of the season. I agree. All the coaches all working together. They had a couple of brain farts on penalties and, and so a little bit of clock management stuff that was kind of iffy with me, but they had their best game collectively as a coaching staff. I don't know what you make at Matt LaFleur. OC is uh, Adam Stenovich. He's a commie. And Joe Barry. Not to be confused with the great Ken Barry from Mama's Family. The great, <laughs> the great uh, Vinton Harper. Vikings get the check mark on the on the coaching staff. I'm not saying that the NFL is fixed. I, I, I don't believe it is. I don't believe the NFL is scripted. But I do believe when you have a player of Aaron Rodgers' caliber, they get the benefit of the doubt on calls a lot more than a guy like Jordan Love does. There was a play. I was watching it. I had the, the red zone on, and, and Love threw a pass into the end zone. I think he had it threw it to Romeo Dubs. I, I can't remember. And it looked like it could have been called pass interference. And it wasn't. And and Jordan Love was had the had the what 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 you know the arms up had the Aaron Rodgers pose and Lafleur is having a brain aneurysm on the sideline because if Aaron Rodgers had thrown that ball that would have been called pass interference. I don't care what you tell me. I believe that to the, to the core. If you put a guy like Brady or Rodgers or Mahomes or somebody of of like the NFL poster boy club. On that field, making that throw, they get that call. Not going to argue with that, Ted. He is not the same guy in the sidelines, man. They had a play during that game where they, the Packers called a timeout with their offense, ran the offense out there, and then they had a false start and then a delay a game. And he was visibly screaming at Jordan Love. I mean, <laughs> uh, he was out on the field, like 10 yards out on the field, pointing his finger at him and screaming at him. Nice. And I love seeing that because that's disarray within the team, man. It is. It it's is. not going to help a young quarterback, but – I don't want to beat the point all to hell, but he's not the same guy he was when Rodgers was there. He's not the same head coach. Nope. He's got to actually coach. He's actually got to coach him now. And he's going to find out Sunday when we're whipping his ass. He's going to yeah. find out real soon. All right, finally, intangibles. So, for me, I I think the Vikings cannot afford to have a letdown. How many times have we seen them win a big game and then just, you know, they just come out flat the next week? I would like to think this will be different because it's a it's – a, division rival, the Vikings' biggest rival, and they have a chance to go at go to 2-0 and in the division with both wins coming on the road, and I don't care how good or bad teams are, two division wins on the road is a big deal. My last one is, is run the ball. You know, we, we've griped about the Vikings focusing too much on the run early on. I think this is an opportunity, this game, to do so, and they're going to get at least one, if not two, rushing touchdowns because the, the Packers' run defense is just not very good. And so that's that's my big intangible for the Vikings, for the Packers. You know, they're in the same spot the Vikings were last week. Two and four, desperate, got to get a win to kind of stay in things. If, if they lose, they fall to two and five, and they're pretty much out of it. And they got a lot of soul-searching and questions coming on from there. So they've got a lot to play for, and, and they're at home, too. So that, that, always, that always helps. So who gets your intangible check mark? Vikings. Vikings get mine also, Ted. One of my big notes I had down was letdown that you already went over. Can't have a letdown game because that's, you know, this is one of the games you could have. This is a prime for a letdown game after a huge emotional win 
on Monday night against San Francisco. I got that. I I do have an intangible though. Wang Wu, Wang oh. Chung. Yeah. Look out for him this week. I know he didn't have a good game against the Niners. That was his first game back. He's going to have big returns, I think. Okay. He gets his hands on the ball. The only thing that concerns me is if, if the turnover bug hits him again. Before CrossFit, before Paleo, before SoulCycle, there was only one name in fitness. Hello, losers. Miss me? Sorry to interrupt your internet life, but for the last 13 years, while I've been living a sugar-free, protein-forward lifestyle, I've watched as all of you have gotten fatter and dumber with your hashtags and your bays and your Kanye's. Everyone is so PC now. Even good old-fashioned bullying is out. Well, White Goodman has decided to get with the times. That's right. It's time for a little charity dodgeball, bitches. Those do-gooders at Omaze have decided to offer you mouth breathers an amazing chance to win a once-in-your-pathetic-lifetime experience. Playing a little dodgeball with me, White Goodman. You heard me. One of you lucky losers, and probably your only friend, can come test your dodgeball medal against the best baller in the biz. C'est moi. So, Not so fast, White. The floor. Long time, pal. You say you're sticking with the hair choice. Strong move. Yes, I am sticking with the hair choice. Hello, Kate. You're looking sensual. You okay? I just threw up in my mouth a little. All right. Brother, that is uh, episode 111, triple one. Thank you for joining us today. 111, Ted? Yeah, yeah. Wow. 111. That's how much rushing yards we're going to have in the first half. I hope so. That'd be nice. On their way to 150. You said 150. I did say 150. I, was, I haven't really given a lot of hot, spicy hot predictions this year, so I thought I'd give you one. This season has suddenly turned exciting, though, hasn't it, Ted? It has, yeah, it has. It has a feeling. It has a feeling that something special is going to happen. So that win of the 49ers changed a lot of perceptions of this team for me. Yeah, let's go. Let's go. All right. As always, Drew, you make me smarter. You make me laugh. I love doing this show with you, Ruby. Without you, there wouldn't even be a show. Folks, thanks so much for liking, for subscribing. I hope you continue to join us on this journey. But as for now, we will try to do better the next time. Brother, take us home. Thank you for liking our show, subscribing to our show, and putting up with us. A lot of times we don't know what we're talking about, but a lot of times we do know something about football. And we do know what we're talking about. Ted's the best host in the business. He brings it on home. Thank you, Bobby Farnsworth. Thank you, Ruby. And thank you to everybody subscribing to our show. It's really been cool, Ted. But we got a long way to go this season. Got a bunch of games to play. Enjoy your Vikings win on Sunday. See us after the game. We will be live on Vikings Report Rewind with Christopher Gates. And it's time to get excited about your Vikings there. For all of us here at Vikings Report, which is three, <laughs> say good night, Ted. Good night, Ted. Dodgeball! Cram it up your cram hole on the floor.